0: Welcome to Books on the Ridge, a production of Mount Zion Ridge Press, home of Books Off the Beaten Path. This is a podcast for our readers, to get to know the authors of our books and look between the pages and behind the scenes. Plus, at the start of each month, we will offer readers a limited time code for a discount on the featured book. Your hosts are the co-owners and managing editors of Mount Zion Ridge Press.
1: I am... Managing Editor of Mount Zion Ridge Press, Tamara Lynn Craft. And this is my cohort, the one who keeps me on my toes, the one who gets me out of bad situations sometimes and helps me edit my messes. <laughs>
0: okay, I don't I don't know how, how much I get you out of messes. It seems like I come up with crazy ideas and you say uh-uh, that that won't work. <laughs>
1: Yes, that's true, too.
0: We bounce crazy ideas off of each other. (laughs) Well, welcome to episode two of our podcast. I'm Michelle Levine, co-guilty party, co-editor, and we're delighted to come back and do some more exploring with Diane Virginia and the Kiss of Peace. And we want you to remember, you can get $1 off the digital or print copy of Diane's book, Use the code SOLOMON1 at our website, S-O-L-O-M-O-N and the number one. This is such an involved book. How long did it take you to write it? Like, did it it just all pour out at once? Or was there years of research involved and refining and learning new lessons? It's like, okay, I thought I understood this passage, but this passage I read later illuminates and can you estimate yes. like the actual physical Ten time? 10 years. Wow. I yeah. can't believe 10 it. years.
2: But it's, see, like I said, I wasn't in a hurry, and I was also raising kids and everything at that time. Teenagers, yeah, was, um, life happens. So, And I wasn't in a hurry. I would wait until I could experience the scene. I didn't feel like I was qualified to write about it. I wanted to experience it before I could write about it, because The Bible knowledge that stays as head knowledge really doesn't do us any good. The Bible knowledge that gets into our heart and permeates us and changes us, that's what does us some good and changes and fixes a life and helps us to come alongside and have the peace and the love and transfer that to someone else. You know, we have to experience this. So I wasn't in a hurry. And I also did extensive research. And then also, aside from bringing along one editor to edit the work, the first edit was really rough, and then the second one was when he told me to present it, and I bombed. But then I also presented it to Les Stobie. He was an agent, now he's a coach, and I was just hoping he would pick me up because I needed a doctrinal edit, and he did ask if he could pick it up, and I was really, really delighted that he did. He came along and did a doctrinal edit, and there would be times where he'd contact me and say, okay. Tell me how you're going to defend this. Like, for instance, personal communion. I believe I have communion every day with the Lord. That's not how all churches do things. They only have communion in a group setting. He's like, tell me how you could to defend this. And so I would state my reasons. He's like, okay, that'll work. Talk to you later, you know. Because I wanted to make sure that, you know, I didn't get, you know, off the beaten path, but off the beaten path that is still scriptural, you know. So I wanted my work checked. And then you, Michelle, came along and did an edit of the work. So it went through extensive editing.
0: I didn't have to do a lot by the time it got to me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that kind of editing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Made your job easy, huh? I really think, you know, bringing editors along, you know, we don't write alone. Oh, and I got my Word Weavers, one lady, uh, Glenda Shouse from, we've been personal friends and she's also in my Word Weavers group and she read everything over of all the different versions that I had many times, you know, and if she didn't like it, she'd tell me and she'd tell me why. So it was really good to have a friend come along too. Yeah. And I think what is that's that's the experience, you know, writers, We spend a lot of solo time, but we also rely on each other to uh, sharpen our arrows and adjust our aim.
1: I agree. One thing that I learned right away when I started reading this book that I had never realized before was that Jewish men in Bible times were not supposed to read this book until they were 30 years old. Because otherwise, they would only see it as a sexual book and not see the spiritual allegory. And you, you put that in your notes or, or forward or something. I'm not sure where. But that's something new that I learned uh, right away. Just the, It hit me as soon as I started reading that. One thing I wanted to ask you, though, is what things surprised you? What did you learn that it could be spiritually, it could be about the book, A Song of Solomon, or it could be even in writing and your writing craft. What did you learn along the
2: way? I think the main thing that I learned is the depth of love that he has for us. And the peace that comes when we receive his love. That's like the major message here. And I also, some of the customs that I write about in one of the chapters, like when a man takes the woman into the Huppa, the wedding chamber, um, they have sex first before they are presented to the group. And that's like, what? You know, and that there's no dating or anything like that. Really, that chapter has been a favorite for a lot of people to see the customs that go on there. And, but once you realize, the whys on that. It's kind of like your parents and his parents, you know, they're the editors per se, you know, that there's, they brought together two people that they know are going to have good connections and that the families are going to have good connections and that there's going to be a purity before they are joined because they aren't going to be permitted to date or any of those things that we do now and get ourselves, you know, with, children out of wedlock and various things. It just um, it's a controlled situation. But also I think the forgiveness that I see in the Song of Solomon. The bride is bringing all of her problems, all of her troubles, all of her failures and all of those things and she's just laying them down at beloved Jesus' feet and instead he's Exchanging those for his strengths. So for your listeners, anything that you've done, put it at the feet of Jesus. He already loves you. So you might as well surrender it and receive the strength that he gives as he comes alongside you. And he wants a bridal relationship with every single person. Sad thing is some people won't choose this. They won't have this beautiful relationship until they get into the hate gates of glory but we can experience this fullness now. That's another thing that really surprised me is the fullness and when I was done, I thought writing the book I'm like God there's so much more he kept on revealing stuff and I felt like I couldn't finish the book and he told me that it would never be finished that there would always be layers to understand of song of solomon it's just inexhaustible and i've really experienced that as i've met people uh i just met somebody last night who shared some things that he knows about song of solomon and i'm like oh wow that's cool and you know that i share, share like, oh wow that's cool and, the whole dinner we were at this steak dinner and i had taken no bites of my steak you know because we were so interested in the topic cuz he had researched it too you know it's it's just a wonderful book it's my favorite book <laughs> of the bible
0: that is great of course with all those spiritual highs and all the the lessons and the and the continuing revelations were were there any low points? Was there a point where you felt like somebody was trying to stop you from writing or somebody is trying to discourage you from, from getting the message out and sharing it? I don't want to say attacks per se, but there, were there any dark points along the way? Because 10 years is a long time to be on a, a constant upward, upward track.
2: I would say no on the writing part, but finding a publisher was after It was so long and I knew 10 years had passed. That's when, you know, I was at a conference and I'm like, God, I've done all the stuff. (laughs) I have a whole ministry running, you know, VineWords. I love it. But that was developed in trying to get other people platforms so it wouldn't be so hard for them to get their foot in the door for publishing. Like I've done all the stuff. I've done all the stuff. I can't be the superstar I can't, I can't do anything else. And I left that conference. It wasn't them, you know, they I was just having this moment where I was just realizing there was no way I could get this published. And reading stats, that's stupid for a first time author to read the stats, (laughs) you know, as to what chances we have. But I had read the stats and I'm like, I'm not gonna make it. Why did you call me, God? Why did you call me if this wasn't gonna get out there? And I went home. Well, I cried. I cried for two days straight on that conference. The third it was gonna be several days more. Um, and conferences are expensive, but I was just breaking, totally breaking. And I went home. I called my husband and said, Come get me, I'm done. And um it what had nothing to do with the conference, you know, it had to do with I had reached that point. I went home and I prayed and um just said I can't do it. And God came along then and said, that's right. You can't now watch me. (laughs) And that's when Stephanie came, you know, to Mm -hmm. visit with her husband doing the chicken coop and her um, deciding that we're going to hit Mount Zion Ridge Press. When I'm at my low point saying, I can't, I can't take another rejection. I can't. And her's like, well, we're going to submit this and all bouncy, you know, energy girl that she was. And uh, yeah, my attitude then was, Oh, okay. So we'll hit the button. We'll get another rejection, another, another closed door that that's what was hard for me because I knew that I had been called and I had put so much, not just research, but experiencing it. And I was so hungry to impart this. To ladies, but men also, but mostly ladies, impart this message, impart this love. And I needed a book in my hand that I could go, you know, use. Because we're not just going to do Bible studies. I'm hoping that I'll be able to preach too. And I had, not, I had nothing. So I just reached that point. But as soon as I laid it down was when the opportunity to publish with Mount Zion Ridge Press came immediately that week. You know, it was like, I went in the dumpsters, Stephanie came, we celebrated doing stuff. But then, of course, she gets into writing. And of course, she notices the book, you know, and of course, she wants to submit it. And I did not want to. (laughs) But I'm glad I did. She really, she talked me into it. And, you know, like I said, when I evaluated you guys, I was looking saying, I don't see why they wouldn't pick it up because I seem to fit into their
1: model. I believe that God was waiting to have you submit it to us. (laughs) This is the kind of Bible study we are looking for, the ones that go deep. So many publishing companies, and I'm not faulting them, but so many publishing companies are trying to reach wide audiences they mm-hmm. want to reach multiple denominations, multiple uh, ideas or theologies Mult- basically they become seeker friendly because if you can't go deep, you you mm-hmm. have to stay on the surface and they don't and we aren't theological snobs. We will take people of different denominations, but we want it to go biblically deep. Mm -hmm. And that's what your Bible study does. And so we were, as soon as we got the manuscript and started reading the sample chapters, we're like, oh, this is what we like to publish. You know, this is (laughs) what we want. Yeah. And you
2: want to know what I got as a feedback, Tamara? Somebody asked me the last one, one of the. People I pitched it to said, "Can you just make a coffee table book on songs?" All I'm like, oh, "What? Yeah, we needed to be entertaining." I'm like, I don't think that's going to work. No, <laughs> they, they do. They want entertainment. Just stay on the surface, appeal to everybody. How about let's get biblical?
1: That's not just true for adults; it's true for children's church too. I I don't I can't tell you how many curriculums I've looked at. That they have Noah's Ark, Jonah and the Whale, David and Goliath, you know, and some gimmicky thing wanting to make it children's church like Disneyland. But right. the thing is, it is so much more fulfilling and entertaining when we are in the presence of God than the right. world ever offer. Right.
2: We need uh, to be changed by our Savior. We need to dive in.
1: Exactly. And dive into his great love and this great romance you have written about. So considering that, I'm sure you have some authors that really go deep, that you have really enjoyed reading their Bible studies or their Christian books or whatever. Why Mm -hmm. don't you help our readers out by talking about your favorite books or your favorite authors? They don't have to be Bible studies. They could be fiction too, but just Give us uh, mm-hmm. your list so we can glean from it.
2: Well, I would say Stephanie Pavlantos. She's um, Jewels of Hebrews. She got published with you, and I went through that study with her, and I thought it was awesome. It was very deep and very biblical. The other writer that I really like to read is Vernon McGee. He's just right on the money to me.
1: Oh, I agree. And it's nice to have modern writers that are going that deep. Uh, My pastor always told me, uh, for every book modern book I read, I should read two dead guys Mm -hmm. because the (laughs) dead guys always wrote deep, you know, yes, and and the modern not so much. So,
2: Sturgeon, uh, let's see, Matthew Henry, uh, Akiba,
0: (laughs) yes, all of them. So, okay, since we're moving off of the book into you as the writer, you as the person. So what's your process for writing? You know, are you like a morning writer, an evening writer? There's people, a number of people nowadays don't like the pantser term. They want discovery writer as opposed to Mm -hmm. somebody who does a lot of outlining. So did you write as you were, as you were learning things, or did you do all the research and organize it and then put the book together what What's your process for writing, and also physically, where do you write? our our listeners can't see the view through your through the camera on your computer. <laughs> do you have a specific office that's set aside, or do you you know write in the corner of the living room or mm-hmm. on a porch?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'd say I start in the prayer room. Something has to teach me touch me deeply while I'm in prayer and just jotting down a few notes in my journal, or sometimes my hand if I haven't brought something to write on, um, or dog earing the pages of my Bible. You know, sometimes he'll just really start to speak there. I don't make that my writing room, though. I make that my worship room. So I come before him And, you know, even if I haven't gotten anything specific while I'm praying, then I come down to my office or sometimes I go into the garden if it's a nice day and uh, pick some weeds or whatever and just continue that worship process. Come to my desk. And if you look at my desk now, right now, there's a toy between my feet that my dogs, Cowboy and Cowgirl, they're miniature miniature Australian shepherds. They write with me. Um, a cowboy prays with me he comes and he sniffs around the prayer room and then he sits right down and they they'll settle because they know I'm going to pray so I don't know having my dogs there really helps and then I put on worship music on a computer that's just to the side so that I can research and you know listen to music on one computer and write on the other one my husband said he I just need to get you a bigger monitor then you could do both but it works for me you know And then sometimes when I'm researching, uh, I'll just research, because I think it's important to take research that we've gotten back to the Lord, or we may end up down a path that He doesn't want us to travel. Some things look really, really good until you really pray about it, and then you know you're on a wrong path. And I also use um, Blue Letter Bible a lot to check research. Because you can, you know, I have my Strong's concordance in print, but um, when you go to Blue Letter Bible, you can get like the Genesis and some of the word roots and stuff like that, so you can check it even further than you can with the Strong's. And God speaks a lot through just simple, you know, the words themselves. And um, this man that I was talking to last night, he was t- showing me about the letters themselves. And I'm like, oh, I never thought to look at the letters themselves. But, you know, they, there's, there's repeat of the message when you really look and search. So, you know, and I um, most of the time, I'm either doing one or the other. I'm either researching or I'm writing. And a lot of it, well, if you look around my office, you'll see a lot of sticky notes. where a thought will come and i'm like sticky this boom because the thoughts come and i know them from the lord so will i can't get to them all and if i i've tried just writing it in a journal but then that doesn't work sticky notes work for me
1: it's the sticky note method Now, the next question is very important. We've talked about some really important things, scripture and the Bible and God. So I can't put it right up with God or the scripture. Okay. (laughs) But 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 it's it's really important nonetheless. I'm determine our future together. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, This is that important. So today I brought my Vietnam lawn estate tea to drink while I was still in the pot <laughs> <laughs> and I did the leaves and the filter and all of that so what is your favorite tea orange pico okay my favorite
2: coffee is
1: southern pecan
2: wow. and I like cinnamon too
1: that sounds well good. I don't do coffee but Michelle does so <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you have an orange uh, pico favorite tea that means yes. a relationship will be permanent. Yes. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> we you are both the tea test. drinkers, and I am a <laughs> noobs. So <laughs> with milk or without,
2: Michelle? Uh, I mean, Tamara and Michelle, with or without milk?
1: Well, for it your depends on the tea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Usually, I don't use milk, but some teas I do use honey. Uh, there are a couple mm-hmm. teas where I need the milk. Okay. Is it? A- a lot of teas lately. I, I put like milk
0: in Earl Grey. Yeah, I don't drink Earl Grey much. But right now, my, my tea of choice is Tazo Zen. Okay. And I, I drink it cold. I just put it in a big bottle, oh. you know, a bottle of water and put it in my refrigerator and let it soak overnight.
1: But it's, oh, okay. it's
0: green tea, lemongrass and spearmint. Ooh. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's really good. I got addicted to the the cold bottles of tea that they sell in the store, and I thought, "I'm going to get really, I'm going to spend a lot of money if I drink this all the time." So I found bags. Yeah. Oh, there you go, and you make so, your own. Yeah, make my own. That's great. Yeah, we could we could sit and talk about tea for an hour at least. <laughs> that wouldn't be good for the podcast. So I think. Well, actually, <laughs> if you want
2: a book on tea, my friend Deanna Stolnick wrote a book called "Jesus and Me and Afternoon Tea." And cool. she has devotions in there. And then she has a history of tea and all sorts of various things on tea. It's a coffee table book. So it's very, very pretty. So has she published it yet? Up. Yes, she has.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll have to buy it. <laughs> okay. For
0: wrapping up, we really have kind of covered this question already. Your plans for the future, what book you're working on next. So you are full steam ahead on the next book. Yes. Yeah. Have you, do
2: you have actually, any? Like- actually, I would say come October 1st, I'll be full steam ahead. When I, I counsel with gentlemen at Asheville Christian Writers Conference, I always try to get this one person to, you know, let him know my journey and, you know, what's next? What is his advice for me? And he's really helped me with the writing journey. His name is Eddie Jones. And he was uh, in looking at what, the kiss of peace, he's like, this is going to go big and you need to step into these shoes. And he said, you know, which are you going to do vine words or song of Solomon expeditions? i like, both, <laughs> you know, but getting into this and seeing the success, it's been a sl- slow snowball, but we really do. Like I said, you know, we've got this problem now where we've got people on a waiting list and not teachers to teach them quite yet. So in seeing how it's going there, I went ahead and talked to Martin Wiles, who is the was the uh, is the director of Vine Words Devotions and more. And I asked if he would be willing to take the lead and step up as as director instead of associate director, and he said yes. So I've stepped back as the executive director, and that frees me up to do more with this ministry, Song of Solomon Expeditions. I still, you know, Vine Words will always be my baby. It yes. has really freed me up, and I do see. I would like to be able to start to travel and and preach. Uh, we just got a invitation to be on a radio show. Uh, that happened last night, so that's going to happen. Cool. And we'll see. And then my husband's like, "Well, I'm going to have to have some time off because if you try to drive yourself, you're going to end up in Timbuktu." So, and he's right. So, you know, we're He's kind of preparing for that as mm-hmm. in scheduling, how how he can get me there. I'll, I'll preach or teach. And, you know, I'm open to whatever ladies groups or home groups, um, however, Sunday schools, preaching, however, that, that uh, anybody wants this to be communicated. And then we also have, you know, <clears throat> all the resources that we've set up. So this, the ladies or gentlemen can take an intensive 12 week course through song solomon and we have not we don't have the the uh, men set up yet but we do have a teacher that's working on
1: preparing that and already a man on the waiting list great so as we close up this interview diane any parting thoughts or uh where could people get a hold of you to uh Maybe have you at their church or learn how to set up one of these uh, experiences for themselves.
2: Sure. It's Diane at DianeVirginia.com. That's my email. And any party words? Uh, Well, I just want to say thank you for taking a risk on me as a debut author. And also to the audience, just rest in beloved Jesus love open that book up and just start to experience the love and peace that your
0: bridegroom has for you. It is life changing. Great. Thank you. And remember your code to save a dollar off of the digital or print copy of Diane's book is Solomon one. Thanks for listening to books on the Ridge, a production of Mount Zion Ridge press home of books off the beaten path. Check our website, www.mountzionridgepress.com for more information. Please consider subscribing to support this podcast. Plus, receive regular updates and more discounts as our way of saying thanks. Please come back next week for a new discussion with another Mount Zion Ridge Press author. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. We certainly did.